Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. And uh, we're going to have a... We're going to have a really big show today. That's our good friend, Louis Rodriguez, on uh, on recording there. Like, names are just showing up all over the screen. <laughs> um, so... Magic. <laughs> uh, yeah, be praying for Louis. Um, he's he's dealing with a lot, and uh, he, just, he needs your prayers. Uh, uh, we don't, won't get too far into the weeds on what's going on with him, but uh, just know that he needs your prayers. Um this week, uh, to the left of me, we've got the, the perfect producer. Uh, that's probably why the names are popping up all over the screen, because Laura's out of practice. But she'll get there. She'll get there. Um, she's just out of practice, folks, okay? Um, but we have Sterling Metcalf Allen. Hello. Thank you for joining us, sir. No problem. Absolutely. And uh, across from him, we've got my much younger brother. So young. James Moore. Say Hello. There you go. (laughs) The audio listeners don't know you're here until you speak. (laughs) Alan got a yeah out of you. I get a a, hello. (laughs) James. To be to be fair, he's probably running on very little sleep. So Um, that's that's pretty regular. Now, uh, bringing the message this week. Actually, just before I I talk about this this special guest we got this week. Uh oh. uh, We know that you're already here. Right, and you're already subscribed to, to to us on YouTube and Facebook. You're following us, and and you're subscribed to us on Rumble. Um, oh, those are all places you can watch us on video, and and or you can or you can download and listen to us anywhere you download your audio podcasts. Uh, make sure that you are are, are sharing. The sharing is caring. Uh, make sure you like. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you know when we're on. I mean, gee whiz, it'll pop right up on your phone or or device wherever you view or listen to us and uh you know make sure you comment a lot like all the comments um and and i want to start this is episode 75 i don't know if you guys know that or not this is episode 75 this week milestone episode i think and so we're gonna we're gonna start a new segment with with that being said Uh, i want to do prayer requests so if you have a prayer request that you'd like uh to to put out there uh for us put it in the comments um, and we'll make sure and, and, and put that on our list for for uh, for next week. Um, and hopefully, as long as the list isn't too long, um, we'll try to get to everybody. Um, but uh, everyone else will also see those comments so that they know to pray for you as well. So I just, just wanted to put that out there for, for episode 75 and, and be something that, that uh, everyone could all, all pray for each other. Um, whether, you, whether you're a fan of the show or not, and even if you're hate-watching right now and you don't like us because of whatever, um, if you need prayer, put the prayer request in the comments. We will pray for you. All right. So we've had this very special guest this week. It's It's been a, it's just, uh, your third occasion here, right? Third or fourth. I lost yeah. count. Yeah, <laughs> I lost count too. Somewhere around there. <laughs> I know, well, I know we got your uh, you know, your first time here, the, the Lion uh, Chasers uh, Manifesto yeah. right over here yeah. um, on the wall. Uh, which is kind of, uh, yeah, it's hard to see if you're on a cell phone, but, uh, you know. Um, anyhow, Richard Greenfield. Hi. I'm waiting for Laura to, oh, there it goes. Uh, there's your name. Okay. Hi. <laughs> oh, fancy. Yeah. Fancy. You even got gra- uh, like a, yeah, oh, gradient yeah. gradient uh, coloring in your name there. It's nice. blue and white, yeah. No wonder she's getting distracted. But with a name like Greenfield, <laughs> I should be green, right? So I'm wearing green. See, actually, my name is set in green, green so, light. yeah. Green Change, just trying to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Keep yeah. you confused. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> that'll work. That's not hard to do. Get me confused. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, since you are bringing the message this week, uh, Richard, uh, what, what's the title of that message you got for us this week? 
uh, go ahead and throw it up on the screen there, Laura. Seeing God move. Yes, mm-hmm. seeing God move. Um, you want me to just go ahead and go in into it? Um, actually, if you wouldn't mind uh, leading us in a prayer over the message sure. before we go into it. Sure. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would be with us and follow that you, that our ears can open and our minds absorb what you would have for us today. Father, thank you for all the listeners and thank you for Josh who's bringing this. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. Oh, uh, one more thing. One more thing. For you audio listeners, if you're not viewing, you're missing out because we also have in studio... My dog, Journey, she's she's cuddled up at the bottom here. We don't have a, a, a special camera for her just yet, but we will. And I'm sure that periodically she's going to get up and, and be in frame. So Yeah, good. She's not on a very cute German Shepherd if you're if you're only listening audio. Yeah, she's, so. she's chilling out at our feet right now. <laughs> she's doing good. All right. All right, so you want me to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, gosh, I, my, in my life I've really been on a, on a journey, speaking of journeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some things that I wish the 63-year-old me could... Actually, I'm 64 now. <laughs> anyway, hey, the, six, the 64, yeah. <laughs> that song's been ringing through my ears <laughs> this year. But anyway, um, so there's things I wish the 64-year-old could go back and talk to the 24-year-old me and have a little discussion. Um, but one of the things um, that I have been seeing lately is, of course, I brought to Josh the Line Chasers Manifesto. And one of the lines in there and one of the lines on that says, go after a dream that's destined to fail without divine intervention. And so, you know, sometimes you just got to, you got to take it for what it's worth. Instead of just reading it, you got to act on that. Mm-hmm. And um, back in October, around October 22nd or so of 2022, um, you know, God t- sometimes will put things in your head. And in my head, he put the name um, John Olson. And John Olson was a guy that I went to church with in the Chicagoland area. And I don't think we've seen each other since 1995. I got the privilege of uniting him and his wife in marriage. And I just, you know, where's John Olson at? And do you know how many John Olsons there are on Facebook? And is <laughs> it S-O-N or S-E-N or something else, you know? And so, and is it J-O-N, J-O-H-N? What is it? You know, so yeah. finally, after about three different attempts, I finally... Uh, texted or you know instant message through facebook this guy and uh thought maybe are you the guy i used to go to church with you know and so he lit up my phone and he was doing a video call and i saw these little motorcycles going zoom 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 like this and then saw these jitneys going by and i go where are you man he goes i'm in the philippines and i go oh man are you on vacation he goes no i live here he said my wife that you married me to she passed away seven years ago and i was a truck driver and my dispatcher was a Filipina, and he goes, we fell in love, and I live in the Philippines. Nice. And I go, that's amazing. And it, it amazes me how, in just living my life right here in central Indiana, that I have met people that are now living in other countries. One is in Sierra Leone. Uh, the other one's in Kenya right now. In fact, the car I drive right now is it used to belong to a lady who now lives in Kenya. And so um, I've been to Costa Rica once. And then I met another guy from Miramar, which used to be called Burma. And yep. you've heard of the Chin people. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those. And he's wanting me to go to the Chin province and help out there. And so as I got to... Wonderful people, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so as I uh, started studying the Philippines, started studying the culture, this little tile pops up on the side of my computer screen. It said, Christian Filipina. Well guys, I've been hating dating sites. Okay. 
But yeah. I went ahead and bid on this one. And I found out they really have adult supervision. They say, are you okay? Do you see any scammers? You know, that kind of thing. Long story short, I met a lady that is actually feeding children on a mountainside. Now, these are people that they don't know where their next meal's coming from. You know, and they, and she and her brother, uh, she, the brother drives these, one of these dinky little motorcycles up a rocky road, rutted road up a mountain while she's holding 50 pound bags of rice and hauls them up the mountain to feed the indigenous peoples that are up there. And so I'm learning a lot about those people. And the thing that really drives me is I see this little kid, he's holding a little coffee cup and he's just grinning from ear to ear. That's his cup of rice that he got for that day. And so he's thrilled to death. So I began to believe that possibly I need to go to the Philippines. Well, I told God about 50,000 reasons. I probably could have filled up a spiral notebook, college ruled 70 pages at least, single line spaced, of all the reasons why it's impossible for me to go to the Philippines. And then I looked at the Lion Chaser's Manifesto, go after a dream that's destined to fail without divine intervention. I go, there's one. <laughs> there's <laughs> one right there. And so... Um, what I, what I did was I, I finally stopped for a second and I said, okay, God, if it's your will, it's your bill. And then I began to remember Bible verses like from Genesis in Genesis, I think 18, um, when Sarah is told that she's going to have a baby in her old age, um, she talks about how impossible that is. And the phrase comes out, is there anything too hard for the Lord? It's interesting that that happened again in Matthew, (laughs) similar circumstance, Mary Magdalene, um, uh, mother of Jesus, you know, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And that phrase actually repeats multiple times throughout the Bible. I think it's even in Joshua. I think it's in a couple other places in the Bible. And I thought to myself, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And so I said, when I said, Lord, if it's your will, it's your bill. I felt myself leave the driver's seat of my life and slide over to the passenger side. And so I said, okay, Lord, just, if this is really you, then let this unfold in front of me. Now, as a real estate agent, what I do is I, I live very small. My car costs 4,000 bucks. Okay. It's paid for. My house costs less than $700 a month. Okay. I don't need to live large. I don't need the Cadillac, the Lamborghini, the Jaguar, the Bentley. I don't need all that stuff. Okay, what I want to do is I want to, as I sell real estate and I make extra money, I want to use that for the mission field. Now, it's interesting that I mentioned to y'all that five different countries, didn't I? And I always wear, right here on my lapel, I always wear a starfish. And the starfish comes from the parable of the starfish thrower. Um, The starfish thrower goes something like this. Um, A man once lived on a beach. The tide had come in really high one night and went out really low, stranding hundreds of thousands of starfish on the shore. And as he looked out his window, he could see somebody throwing something into the surf. And as he got closer to this guy, he realized this guy's throwing starfish back in the water. And so he got up on him and he said, dude, what are you doing? He goes, I'm throwing starfish back in the water. And he goes, do you think you're going to make a difference? And he reached down and picked up a starfish, threw it in the water and said, I made a difference to that one. So that became my mantra is to make a difference to that one. And in my business, in my life, I want to make a difference to that one. I can't make a difference to everybody, but I can make a difference to you. Yeah. And, and one thing at a time. So ever since that happened, since October 22nd, my business has gone berserk. I mean, I feel blessed if I get two to three transactions a month. Two weekends ago, 
I got three transactions in one weekend. Wow. And three more followed that in two weeks. So I have six pending transactions before August 15th hit. And I'm feeling blessed if I get one or yeah. two in a month. You know, that's, that's a blessing. So then another thing really weird happened, too, is I've been, I was on a team, and I was on the Scott Smith team, and our database uh, has its own little quirky things about it. And as a team member, I need to drink the team Kool-Aid. I get that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and so, but what, was, what I found out was, is through the logistics of the database, I would lose some functionality if I switched all my contacts up to the team. And I spent a lot of hours organizing that database. And I didn't want to lose that functionality. So finally, um, it was, I was tapped on the shoulder, not once, twice, but a third time hit. By the time the third time hit, I knew what I had to do. And so I said, okay, I'm coming off of the team, and I'm going to stay with Keller uh, Williams, but I'm just going to become a solo agent. And so then I had to figure out, okay, what am I going to call myself? And so I called myself the Starfish Mission Group. So when anybody that's in my group, which right now it's just me and three cats. <laughs> um, so it's, and anybody that joins my group is going to be committed to doing mission work. And, you know, taking their extra that God as God provides and um, fulfilling the dream of missions. And so um, in the process of doing all this, the lady that... By the way, that could be you. Yeah. You could join. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're always looking for agents. So we need agents bad. So um, so anyway, as a process of doing that and getting to know this lady that's already doing what I want to do, there's some things going on between us that's a little bit more than missions work. <laughs> So, my goal is by the end of the year. You, I both, to, you both like chess, or yeah, we both like chess. <laughs> so we talk to each other twice a day. And what's interesting is the Philippines is exactly twelve hours off from us. So right now, it is going on eight o'clock here in the states p.m. What's well, going on eight a.m. tomorrow mm -hmm. there? Okay, so which is coincidentally here in the states eight a.m. is when this will probably drop. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So anyway, so um, so it's Saturday and it's the weekend. So she's probably going to head up the mountain to feed the kids again and feed these elderly people. And um, it just amazes me. Now, here's the whole point that I was wanting to make. I mean, here is the bottom line. First off, I'm going to give a disclaimer. The disclaimer I have is that there are a lot of great Christian people in my vicinity, people I go to church with every day. They, they read their Bibles, they believe what it says, they go to church, they, they volunteer at church, they give of their time, they give of their resources, they give of their money, and they're great people, don't get me wrong. And I know I'm going to see them in heaven. Yeah. But one of the things I realized is I was one of those people too, okay? But I never really saw God move, okay? So when you do a challenge like, Go after a dream that's destined to fail without divine intervention. It's that intervention in our lives that we do not see. Now, I'm not judging these people, but a lot of church people just don't take it to that level. So let me give you an example of this. In the Lord's Prayer, there's a line in there that says, Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. Now, Josh, I don't know about you, but I've got a thing that's in my hip pocket. It's called a wallet. And I can run over to Kroger over there at Thompson and, and Emerson, and I can probably buy 100 loaves of bread, probably more, 100 loaves of bread, 
and feed myself until I found her. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I do thank God for the ability and resources to do that. But I didn't really see God move. Okay. Yeah. And so I kind of like those resources were from my own strength, I guess. Maybe not, but you know, you see what I'm driving at. Yeah. Okay. But when you're in a place like the Philippines or Costa Rica and you're with indigenous peoples and they pray, give us this day our daily bread, they haven't got a clue where that next meal is going to come from. They really don't know. And if God doesn't provide it, it's not going to happen. But when you see God provide it, that's, that, that means that's when God gets real. So in my life, <laughs> it may sound like it's all easy and feather pillows and pink fluffy unicorns and clouds and things like that. It's not because I've seen things happen in my business that I have never seen happen before. I had one buyer who was such, had such buyer's remorse. He canceled his transaction, not once, but four times, Wow, four times. The fourth time he canceled, he actually paid a penalty to get out of the transaction. That's how nervous he was. Wow. Okay. So the next day was the day we were originally supposed to close. We had what's called a signed mutual release, and the seller of the house that he was buying actually came in and picked up the earnest money because it belonged to him because my buyer backed out for no good reason, plus about $2,000 of penalty money. Wow. Okay. So about four or five grand went into the pocket of the seller. The seller picked up his check and took off. At 9.30, this guy's in my office saying, I've made a horrible mistake. Help me. And I said, sir, all I can tell you is you need to be like a firefighter. Go back home, keep your clothes on, keep the motor running on your car, <laughs> and I'll see what I can do. We went from purchase agreement at 9.30 a.m. to closed at 3.30 p.m. that day. Whoa. You cannot do that in real estate. I don't know if you have, uh. know how complicated a real estate transaction <laughs> is and how many yeses there has to be. It's worse than mission control. I mean, you helped Laura and I with this one, and it didn't go that yeah. quick. Yeah, I mean, when you when you watch these Apollo things or Apollo 13, you see Mission Control, and they go, Fido, go, this, go, this, go. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing in real estate. There's so many people that have to flip a green light before you can close a transaction. And to have that happen, that was a miracle. I saw God move in that particular case. The, the, the transactions were, I, <laughs> guys, I don't get three pended transactions in one weekend that just doesn't happen but god made it happen okay i've um i've had some past due bills i've got those all paid off my next mortgage payment is due november the first hmm. so and and i'm going to try to fix it so my next mortgage payment's not due till march 1st of 2024 okay so that way because because you know when real realtors go through the winter it gets a little slower okay yeah. Um, and the holidays and everything else. But, but anyway, so what I'm doing is I'm preparing for my overage to go to the Philippines. So I just contacted. Um, the, the other thing, too, is, again, I'm not bragging. I'm not trying to say anything. You, you can brag on God. Yeah, I'm going to brag on God, but it's yeah. kind of look. Say glory to God. Yeah, glory to God. But, but it's going to kind of, okay, I'll just say it. Yep. Okay, so I'm a guy that. Yeah, I mean, I'm struggling as a real estate agent. I, I live paycheck to paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, okay? And, oh, I forgot. I'm going to come back around to something else. One of the things that happened was is that database that we were using, it lost that functionality. When I went to be a solo agent, it also changed how much commission I get paid, which increased my commission by about 30 to 40% per 
per transaction. Ooh. Yeah. So if it's not a big if, change. Yeah, if not a little bit more. So basically I got a raise, okay, plus more transactions. Okay. So so praise God for that. Guys, I have never I think in my entire adult life seen five digits in my checking account. I know I never have. <laughs> well, that's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at right now. And so, and all the bills are paid ahead. And I'm like, I can now, I, I contacted the travel agent to get to the Philippines. And so they're, we're planning the itinerary. I want to be gone three to four weeks. Um, going to visit my buddy, John. And then um, I've got two missions I want to visit in the far south in the Philippines. So <laughs> it's going to happen. So back to my point, back to my point. Go after a dream that's destined to fail without divine intervention. So many of us Christians, and God love us, and, and you're my brothers, you're my sisters. I'm not judging. I'm just saying there is a ne- another level you can go to. Step out into the unknown. Step out into something that can't happen by on paper. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, but God will make it happen. And you begin to see God move. And I'm beginning to see God move every single day. Things happen happen i can see it and that's when god becomes real one of the reasons why i think so many people fall away from the church is because they've never experienced the reality of god in their lives they've never had to they've they've provided for themselves give us this day our daily bread well where do you want to go arby's right you know and we just do it like that not 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 even thinking about it okay or well now let's just stay home and we open up the, the the pantry and it's full you know or Oh, you know, there's Napoli's down the street there. I mean, we can go get ourselves a big old juicy pizza or something. You know, or, you know we're, we're kind of trying to figure out what do we want to eat, not if we're going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a big difference between what we're going to eat versus if we eat. Okay. And so I want to go to these people, and I want to I, – I am so passionate about it. When I start to get tired or I start to get weary, I think of that little kid holding his cup. You know, he had his cup of rice with a big old grin on his face. He look he looks really happy. Yeah, you know, I want to meet that young man. And he looks like he's probably about seven or eight years old. I want to meet him. I want to meet him on the mountain in the Philippines. And and I just and so I encourage believers and Christians, go after that dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. See God move in your life. Put him out there. Go out there and just Go for the impossible. Just at, go ahead, take your notebook out like I did, and write down all the reasons why you can't do that. Okay. Yeah. But you know, I I I sensed the Lord. There was many other inputs. I could tell you why the Philippines. I focused on it, but there was multiple inputs from multiple locations, and it kept repeating the Philippines. It kept coming right back to the same thing: thing the Philippines, the Philippines. And so now I've got two things. I've got missions. Uh, there's another. Uh, missions there that does medical missions. So I'm going to do some of the medical mission work. I'm going to do the feeding of the people on the mountainside. And then my buddy's pastor um, is wanting help growing his church. So I'll probably do all three of those things. I never, I never dreamed about meeting somebody special in my life (laughs) along the process, (laughs) but that might be happening too. You know, it it puts two things into my mind. You talking about that. Um, One, Reminds me of uh, something, uh, a past, Pastor Greg Locke. I don't know if you know that guy's name or not, but uh, he says you can't outgive God. Mm-mm. Everything you said, like all, all of those things, it's, it, 
layers of you just you keep you keep trying to give and you keep receiving and you're giving more and you're receiving you can't outgive God. You can't. You can't outgive God. And then the other thing that comes to my mind is my good friend Joseph. He's from the Philippines. Him and his wife. As a matter of fact, his wife just got back from a visit to the Philippines. There you go. Um, they're from uh, Cebu, which is the the biggest. Province. I know exactly where yeah. Cebu is. Yeah. So I've um, been studying the geography and the culture. You know, like when when Laura was doing the countdown. You know, she's doing five, four. Um, <laughs> how you do it, Laura? You hit five, four, three, two, one. Right. In the Philippines, when you count one to five. On your hand, we go one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. In the Philippines, you go one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> okay, like if you want to know where something is, like Journey's down there on the on the rug, yeah. you say, "Where's Where's Journey?" You'll point. I think you'll point. That's what we do. In for the Philippines, this is rude, very rude. Yeah. So you point with your lips, like that. Yeah. Okay. So all kinds of it's also what the way they peel apples. Yeah, it's different. They, yeah. they, 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 we, we, we push out and then they, they push, they pull towards. Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, yeah, it's cultural, cultural yeah, differences fine. there, but uh, I'll have to get you hooked in with, uh, with my good friend, Joseph, because he's been um, talking about outreach uh, in the Philippines for a very long time. And, um, and he has the, the means to help maybe even expand what you've got yeah. going on. Cebu um, is a, is a resort area. It's, it's yeah. very, very popular. It's right in the middle. It's very very, very westernized version portion mm-hmm. of of the Philippines. They have a, a massive mall there, actually. Um, if you if you look up the Cheer island, that, Laura? Of, <laughs> if you look up the <laughs> island of Cebu, one of these days I'm going to go visit because yeah. it's 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 a it's beautiful very place. Cheap there too. Yeah. Very um, and you, but uh, the thing I want to definitely try, regardless of the mall or visiting the people, is I got to try. I got to try some of those mangoes, those fresh mangoes. Oh, they just grow on the trees. If you took yeah. that one, so you're talking about very cheap. And the, it's a 55, 55 Filipino pesos to one American dollar, but the peso spends almost like a dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, so literally, I literally have a buddy at work who's who's dating a lady in the Philippines. He just came back from there, going back beginning of next year for yep. three weeks. Yep. And she's actually going to, because he just opened a store over there. Of course, it's a liquor store. Yep. It's the only one in the neighborhood. It's doing quite well. And uh, she's actually... Purchasing for him while he's there a month out of the brand new apartment they just built. Yeah. And it's like, so he's been staying at like these nice hotels, resorts kind of deal. It's cost him like four or 5,000 pesos. Yeah. But this apartment. And divide that by 55. It's, it's like $158 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something, <laughs> something crazy here. And you're like, you can't even spend the night at a hotel that way here. Yeah. So to give you an idea, um, if you are in retirement and you retire on Social Security and you're pulling about twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars a month, you will live like a king because a one bedroom apartment with a kitchen, living room, dining room uh, is three hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. There. Um, if you want uh, surf and turf, a nice juicy steak with a lobster tail, about eight to ten dollars. So. Yeah. Well, and also they have um, um, most of the, for, throughout most of the Philippines they have squatters' rights. So if you can find a piece of land where no one actually currently has a residence, you can actually squat there and become the owner of it over time. I mean, I tell uh, you. Only if you're a Filipino. Yeah. yeah. Well, Here's the crazy thing. Like if I go to the There Philippines, are loopholes to that too. Yeah, if, I, if, I go, if I go to the Philippines and I buy a house, I bought the house. I didn't buy the land because a Filipino or Filipina has to own the land mm-hmm. and you lease it. You lease yep. it. So you own the structure. But they own the land. 
because and the, but the only way I could actually own the structure and the land is to marry a Filipina and have her die of natural causes. So then I could own, I would own both. Yeah, I remember the guy showed me a house there that was probably, if it was here, it'd probably be worth over millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. He said the guy spent $30,000, $40,000 and built this five-bedroom, four-bathroom home. It was just absolutely yep. gorgeous. The whole video of his house. Yep. Gorgeous as all get out. Yep. And it was like something you'd find in L.A. Right, right. And he built it cheap, and it looked absolutely stunning. Yep, and believe it or not, believe it or not, in Manila, there's a Keller Williams office. <laughs> I <laughs> believe it. And don't think I'm not tempted. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, uh, uh, not not to rush your relationship with the, with the lady sure. too, too far along, but uh, from my understanding that most women there are raised traditional, very traditional, mm-hmm. which is so much different from your modern American woman. This is not a dig at you, Laura, at all. Okay, so just make sure that I'm put, prefacing that or so any, I don't end up having American to sleep in the guest room tonight. But way. but a lot of American women they 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 don't they're not uh, traditional anymore. They've they've stepped away from that uh, due to like the these several steps of feminism that are out there today and and other things. But um, the 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 idea of what is in the Bible of you know uh, the husband and wife and them being complementary that is taught. To the Phil, uh, the Filipina uh, women, and but it, it, here in the states, that a lot of a lot of women, not I'm, as I said, I'm not pointing at anybody in particular out there or anything like that, but a lot of them have stepped away from that. So you would they're very family oriented. Very family oriented. Very uh, family oriented. There is no divorce in the Philippines. It's yeah. very very rare that there is divorce. Um, they do have annulments, but that's very hard to get an yeah. annulment. Um, one of the things about and and I hope I hope I'm being Kind, okay, but one of the things in America is I think we believe the lie, okay, that men need to be more feminine yeah. and women need to be more masculine. That's okay. what our, our good friend uh, Danny Tippett would call truth exchange for a lie. Yeah, and so what I, what I believe has happened is over a process of time, we have lost our ability to bond with each other, and, and there's not a codependent. I don't, want, I don't like codependent. I don't like dependent, but I like interdependent. The way I see it is when God created Adam and Eve, uh, and this is something that's very interesting. Here's a fine point that I don't know if we've uh, if you've ever thought about, is what was the name of the female when she was created? Oh, so he, in he Genesis. Called, in Genesis, what he said, I will call her woman because she's exactly. Oh, oh, yeah. It wasn't Eve. It wasn't Eve. Okay, so what does woman mean? It literally means creature taken from dirt creature. What does Adam mean? It literally means dirt creature. Yeah. Okay, so dirt creature and creature taken from dirt creature. That's what they were. That's what they were called. Okay, when Adam went before all the animals before she came along, he God brought him there and he named them and took dominion over them. Okay, so he took leadership. He took rulership over the animals. Okay. So when Adam and Eve were made, I believe that God took his best attributes and put half of those into the man and the other half into the woman. Hmm. So when you see a man and a woman together united in marriage, you're looking at a complete image of what God looks like. And I think that's what we need to celebrate. That's what we need to emphasize. And it's interesting to me that after the fall, after the fall, what did Adam do? 
He looked at her and named her Eve, which means he took dominion over her. Yeah. And that's a fallen state. That is not the way God created it to be. Hmm. That is not so man never should, should take dominion over his wife. He should never do that. He's he's he has the attributes of God, the warrior, the hunter gatherer, you know, in him. The alluring, the beautiful, the captivating is in the woman. And I, th- and I think together we complement that and we become interdependent. Yeah, complementary. Yeah. yeah. There's certain things that, make, that the one makes up for the, what the other one lacks. Exactly. Exactly. So, so how many we, uh, wheels does a bicycle have? Two? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it'd be called a tricycle and those are weird. Yeah. Or a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, um, so I think they work together like, like gears in two cogs like this. Both are necessary, both are needed, but yet they're different. Mm-hmm. They're different. Um, and so, um, anyway, so that's, that's my opinion on it. So the original plan that God had was that both would be honored, both would be accepted for what God made them to be. And I think that in the Philippines, they are still there. They're yeah. still there. Um, and it's amazing to me that I have have interviewed and talked to several Caucasian versus Filipino marriages. And it's amazing to me how uh, attentive, how uh, incredibly in tuned, how um, intertwined that a Caucasian man is with his Filipino wife. And she literally makes him better. She literally makes him better. And so I would think that if we just would embrace what God made us to be, whatever that is, and embrace that and embrace that in our complimentary person on the other side of the, of the marriage. <laughs> yeah. Then I think that we could, we could love and appreciate what we can't do and what we can do as opposed to what they can do that we can't do. Yeah. I agree with all that. <laughs> and so, so really a marriage is three persons. It's the, the man, the woman, and the Holy Spirit. So there you go. Because that's, that's the glue, right? The Holy that's Spirit, yeah. oh, Well, it's, isn't it interesting in Ecclesiastes where it talks about where one can, two can, where one can, two can, where one can, two can. Then it says at the bottom of that, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Where did the third one come in? <laughs> it's God. It's God. You wrap three three cords together and it's not easily broken. And one of those strands is God. The other one's the man, the other one's the woman. And, and it's just a beautiful picture of how complementary you know, and how inter interdependent we can become on each other. Uh, I think, I think it's a, that's a beautiful thing. Actually, Laura and I, just this week, we started uh, based on her suggestion, but I, I um, she had me headed up, but uh, started a Bible study with each other mm-hmm. on marriage in particular. Mm-hmm. And that just going on that subject because we both feel like we pretty got a pretty good marriage, but it's like, well, you know, she wanted to say, well, how, how can we make this str- even stronger? And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm down. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the very first uh, plan we looked up was uh, what does God think of marriage? What is, what is, what does he say about marriage? And um, so like just those first few verses in, I was like, he's very serious about marriage. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he, and he, if the, the actually the, the word is used, it's a covenant. Yep. There's one more thing, Josh, I want to talk about, too, as you go out on your adventure. And this is something that I think you can almost expect it. I don't think the Bible, pro- the Bible doesn't promise it. But I can tell you it's going to come. 
you're going to get opposition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back in January of 23, um, it was a really freaky warm day and it was blowing and thunder and lightning and all this other stuff. And I was running across the grass up to my car and there's no way I wasn't going to get wet. So I could have walked and probably been just as drenched. Okay. <laughs> but, but I ran and my foot slipped out from under me and I tore muscle in my leg that. Yeah. and um, tendons in my knee. And I still am struggling with it, but it put me on the couch for like three or four weeks. And I'm like, okay, Lord, <laughs> if it's your will, it's your bill. This thing here is not helpful right now, but these things do happen. Uh, just mm-hmm. two, I remember calling and checking in on you a couple yeah. times. Yeah, two weeks ago, you don't know this, but two weeks ago on Tuesday, I went to the hospital. I, I for the life of me could not control my blood pressure. I took not one but two but three blood pressure pills, and it wasn't touching it. Wow! And when I got to the hospital, I posted a two fifty over one ten. After taking three doses of blood pressure medicine. Okay, and still don't know what caused that, but the, the actually the doctor was more concerned about the fact that I took three pills than, I, than, she, than she was concerned about my blood pressure, but my blood pressure kept staying steady between 130 and 150, so she let me go. And she goes, stay on your blood pressure medicine. Don't take extra. <laughs> and so I've been doing that. But, you know, that was a scary thing. I mean, that was life-threatening. That, that's stroke zone. And so... Um, I couldn't believe when I saw the machine. <laughs> she was like, oh, yeah, your blood pressure is a little high, isn't it? And I go, not a little. It's a lot high. <laughs> Been but, there. But Been there. Yeah. <laughs> but there'll be some scary things that happen. You know, when you when you venture out, it's not it's, it's not all like pink fluffy unicorns and, and candy cotton clouds, you know. It is, it is scary sometimes. And you will go through some scary events. I mean, things will happen. There will be, there will be dangers. But, you, again, it's another chance for God to show up and you get to see him move. Yeah. So I, I get, I get to see him move every, every time that this show successfully gets the recording yep. and goes up. See, there you go. There you and go. No matter how much I have to fight Facebook. So, <laughs> so when the lion, when the lion roars as in the lion chasers manifesto, don't run away from the lion, chase it, chase it, chase the lion, grab opportunity. Here's another line from the lion chasers manifesto. Grab opportunity by the mane and don't let go. Grab opportunity by the mane and don't let go. It's kind of like holding a tiger by the tail. If you let go, you're in trouble. <laughs> so you can't let go once you grab a tiger by the tail. And um, it's it, and I, I'll tell you something. It is a whole different life. Things do not bother you that used to bother me, you know, because God's got this. Lord's got this. Whatever, yeah. Lord's got this. But it's interesting too. I've, I like to watch um, things that happen based on true stories. Uh, one of those is the world's fastest Indian. Okay, this guy broke world speed records at Bonneville Salt Flats on a motorcycle. But on his way there, he had several heart attacks. Wow. Okay. So you look at another one is uh, a movie called Bottle Shock, and it's a story of the Chateau Montalena winery. And they were just about absolutely bankrupt and had so much money that they owed way up above their head, you know, and, and it looked like the whole thing had just failed. And in the last second, it all turns around. Okay. So, you know, think of things like Apollo 13. There is no way those astronauts should have made it back alive. Yeah. (laughs) No way. 
No way, but they did. Even just watching, even watching the movie, just uh, like keeps, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just got done watching Thirteen Days, which is about the Cuban Missile Crisis, and how close we came, you know, to so close. Yeah, and and just all these things where you see God's intervention. But as you take this journey, I'm telling you, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be scary. It's going to scare the ever living Pewaddle out of you. Okay, it will. And, but this is the thing. Again, another yet another opportunity for God to show up. I walked in here without my cane. I walked in here on my own two legs. Now, it's still weak. I still have to be careful. Yeah. But um, slowly but surely, it's getting better. And I'm hoping that it gets good enough where I can walk up the mountain. <laughs> it will. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. I, I, fully, I fully believe God's going to fully heal your leg and, yeah. and allow you to... to, to not just walk up that mountain, but jog up that mountain. Yep, there you go, there you yeah. go. So maybe so. not sprint. We're, we're, there's no spring chickens in this room. No, nope. Sterling. <laughs> but <laughs> he's got a runner body. I don't. <laughs> so, but anyway, that's sorry. It took so much of time. But no, no, we're we're good. Like it's it's like uh, this is something that happens sometimes on the show where we have a crossover between both both faith and family happening in that and and uh, where where are we at on time, Laura? Okay. Yeah. yeah so see. yeah. So we're good uh, to um, about about nine more minutes. We could actually spend on on what would be a, a family portion. Because okay. another thing, like uh, as far as like watching God move, like uh, we talked about when James was on here last, um, a very large adversity that he went through, uh, um, actually thinking he was pretty pretty sure he was in heaven a couple times. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, and then that'll do it. Um, and he's here. Yeah. I have my brother. Yeah, and uh, I get I get to I get to to call my brother and I get to text him and I get to say good morning sunshine. I know that probably drives him crazy when I say that to him. Yeah, only at work. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys go, "Who's that?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love my brother very much, and I and I and he's and he's here, and we we prayed a lot because I mean, uh, I I didn't get to say this when he was on here last, but it it was it. It was really tough because you know for three for three days he was in a coma, mm. three days, and um, it's you you see your younger brother there with a ventilator in and you're going, thanks, yeah, yeah, okay, I need you to move, mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm counting on you, yep, yeah, I mean your your will be done but you know please please bring him back please uh, please give me my brother. You know, I, I want, you know, I want that chance to talk to him again and see him again. I want, and even if he doesn't want to talk to me, maybe when he comes out of this, maybe he just wants to just give him that chance to be with his wife and love his daughter and be with, be with them every day. Um, and, you know, like the third day, Sunday, because he, he so was something he, about three days, right? Yeah. Something about it. Something <laughs> about it. And uh, yeah. You know, the Bible says our life is nothing more than a vapor. And what are we going to do with the life that God gave us? You know, what What are we going to leave behind? There's an old song, uh, Ray Boltz used to sing it, called Thank You. And so the, when the guy goes to heaven, he's like, well, you know, what's my reward? He goes, look, turn around, look behind you. And here's all these people that because of the kindness of his heart came to Christ and are in heaven because of things that he did. And he goes, for great is your reward. There they are. And, you know, it's like, Okay, what's heaven look like? Ah, streets of gold, alabaster cities, bejeweled. 
I that doesn't impress me, guys. It doesn't. You know, what impresses me is is you know, first off that I made it. <laughs> <laughs> secondly, yeah. secondly is can I bring somebody with me? Can I make a difference to that one? Can I take the one starfish and throw it back in the water and make a difference to that one? To that one. I can't make a difference to 100,000 starfish. I can try. Like, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, but I can pick up one at a time, throw it back in the surf, make a difference that one, make a difference that one, make a difference to that one. That's heavy, man. <laughs> now, uh, uh, James, you got anything to add on that? Uh, onto that uh? No. No? Just, just knowing that two weeks out from being hospitalized, it's it's still a struggle. Is that two weeks ago? That was recently. Yeah, literally. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I'm with you too, Journey. Yeah, I get uh, you. It's been a struggle, but but every day's better. Amen. Coming from not from barely not walking to day one to where I'm back to work, pretty much normal life. You know the the other thing too. Um, I'm going to change something, but I'm going to come back to that. Um, one of the th- one of the things that I found interesting is I've gotten where I've gotten today because of the help of my friends and the people I know. And here's usually how it goes is like, I'm not asking my friends to give me 30 bucks a month to support your favorite missionary. Although I'm a missionary disguised as a real estate agent. So all I say (laughs) is just give me a referral, you know, and that's free. You know, so, you know, somebody wants to buy, sell or invest in real estate or even become an agent that helps too quite a bit. Um, So, you know, and the people, the, the people I'm so thankful for have come out of the woodwork. I mean, there's a thing that we could do called lead gen, and I call it love generation because because all I'm supposed to do is call up people and love on them. That's all I'm supposed to do. And um, that usually leads to a conversation now and again. It has to do with real estate. And so um, I haven't done that since October, <laughs> and I'm supposed to be doing that, but yet people are so loving on me so much and loving the vision for what I have, my big why, that that happens. And God love you, man. I mean, to come back from the brink of death like that, dude, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, so what is What that tells me more than anything else is that God has a plan for you. Okay. And it ain't over yet. Mm-hmm. Because I realized too, that when God's plan with me, when he's done with me, he's done. Come home. Yeah. Why would he, why would he make me suffer on this earth any longer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I'm, when he's done, he's done. So I'm going to go home. Okay. But until then, I'm going to, I'm going to chase lions. I'm sometimes I'll tell you what, it makes you feel young when you're 64 and you're chasing lions, you feel like you're 20 (laughs) (laughs) because, because you know, you and God are a majority and there's nothing you you can't do together. So, so yeah, God's got a plan for you. I I can't wait to see how that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sterling? You're kind of quiet over here today. Deep in your thoughts? Yeah, usually. That's usually <laughs> what I do. Like, when you're talking about, like, the medical stuff and being on a ventilator, and the first thing that obviously popped into my head was my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're praying for a miracle and everything. I was like, yeah, we prayed for a miracle. And it didn't work. You know, our, quote, unquote, quote, unquote, our our plan didn't work. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's what I've been thinking about over here. It's like, well, what was the purpose? You know, what was the, what did I go through again to be okay with that, him passing away, you know, and, and it just brought up a whole bunch of feelings. Yeah. There's a there's a plan behind it. Just gotta figure out what it is. 
again. My dad went through the same thing. He died in 2020 in January, and that in March is when the whole world shut down. And we couldn't figure out where that pneumonia came from that he yeah. had. And I, I met his dad. His dad's awesome. His dad was awesome. <laughs> I, I loved him, man. He's fiery. Yeah, he's, he, he was spunky. We went to the spunky. Was it that? Uh, what was it? Uh, the for the local. Uh, um, uh, he was going. He's trying to be governor, uh, or not governor, but mayor here, uh, here in Beach Grove. He came, he came down and he yeah for for the last for the last uh, just before the last election and we was all meeting up for the the local uh, guy that was running for the GOP ticket here in, here in, here in Beach Grove and dad's Republican and <laughs> yeah and yeah me and him was we was we was connecting spunky. real quick yeah he was, he was re- yeah he's fiery he was, he was ready he's like I'm, I'll tell you I'm gonna vote Republican I'm gonna get down there I'm gonna vote I'm gonna vote vote, vote uh, often well here's here's, <laughs> here's the one thing that, you know dad loved people dad loved people so yeah. it's kind That's, of that was evident he would have like two or three republican signs in there and there was one democratic guy he liked <laughs> and so he was running for district councilman it's uh, buddy you know who buddy is yeah okay so you would always put buddy sign amongst his republican signs <laughs> he was a he was a man after after the person so that's for sure yeah. yeah, yeah, very, very good, uh, very good man, very, very good people person. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's where you got it from, huh? Yeah, I guess it's the same. Um, now, it's just before we go into that, that politics portion, though, I mean, uh, I mean, is there anything that you would like to un- unfold on that, or just uh, more of a, just a? I mean, trying to understand the person. It would have been great to have him on here. Yeah, I think oh, about yeah. it all the time. Yeah, tears me up inside. Well, he's living through you. Yeah. 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 And uh, well, it goes back to, I mean, my in my mind, and it's like today's adversity is is tomorrow's lesson. So whatever re- like whatever reason that that happened, that this is something that's gonna not only teach you're, you're teaching yourself a lesson of some kind. Because well, I mean, you've got you've had several lessons that we've actually talked about. We went over layers of lessons, actually, that you went going going through this. Yes, <laughs> ogres have layers, um, but uh, I think the uh, the ultimate lesson is still yet to be to be taught, and that's where when you get to pass on all those things that you've learned from one experience, all those adversities you went through beyond uh, his passing, uh, you get to pass those to someone else. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, someone else is going through this, this yeah. kind of situation, and now you get to go, "Hey, actually, I'm here, and and I've been through this, and um, like for somebody else." Yes. Yep. Been down yeah. the path a little further. And because you're uh, able to 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 pull back and look at the macro, uh, because you, uh, <laughs> I know that we've said that on previous, I said that on previous uh, episodes, but because you're able to pull back and look at the macro like God does, and and and. Uh, and let let it be in his hands. Um, it gives you a, a better picture of what someone's going through, as opposed to um, only focusing on the the one issue What's right in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Um. You, you guys can talk amongst yourselves. I gotta get my iPad going. <laughs> yeah, he was a super, 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 super intelligent man. Like, I don't even know. It was just that he had such a love for everything. That it, it blew my mind. I mean, he he started his own business. I don't know how many times, he he got me into everything that I know, as wow. far as like you know the, the Bible and church and stuff like that. And then like, 
fallen angels and are there aliens or are those fallen angels and they're like the giants and all my, all of that stuff. Nephilim. Oh yeah. Nephilim. Nephilim. Yep. Conspiracy theories and just, or just, he just stacked it all up. So I mean, that's, he built me, he built me up. I really did. <laughs> I, I've got a lot of his, so yeah, I passed stuff on for sure. So yeah. Josh, what's in the news? What's in the news, Josh? Well, uh, there's some big, beautiful news stories this week. I tell you, they, 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 they tell me all the time. People tell me, uh, a lot of people tell me that there's big news. Uh, big news. The Trump's coming it's out. It's huge. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I, can, I can see it in his lips. <laughs> he Is even he? had the shape of the lips, right? He's pointing. <laughs> so Trump's been in the news a lot this week, uh, if no. you couldn't tell. No. <laughs> I haven't seen He's it. He's kind of everywhere, unless you've been living under well, a rock. Just, they just had a Biden story, so they have a Trump story, and it's it goes back yeah. and forth. Well. We've got we've got we've got two for one this week because we got we got two Trump stories and then we've got a Biden story tucked right there in the that's, middle. That's so what they got to do they got to mix them up. Yeah. So um, <laughs> coming from Breitbart this week, Twitter claims Donald Trump's uh, counter debate interview with Tucker Carlson hits ninety million views in three hours. Um, now just to give you a, kind of an update on on that number, um, it, it was uh, last I checked, it was over three hundred million views. Wow. Wow. Three hundred million. Yeah, and that's not just interactions; that's views. Because interactions are, are counted differently. So, yeah. So people are, are at least watching um, um, five, and, five minutes. And where can we watch this? Um, so it's it's on, well, it's currently called X, yes, but X. Uh, X. Uh, formerly known as Twitter. So whichever one you want to call it, if, if, you, look, if you search for it on the App Store, uh, whether you're on uh, Apple or Android, uh, you, you can find it underneath Twitter. It'll still pull up X, which is the gotcha. same same application. Just just a new name. Uh, thanks, Elon. <laughs> Not we don't like. I don't like it. <laughs> anyway, so in lieu uh, the the of attending the first Republican primary debate, former President Donald Trump released an interview with Tucker Carlson that uh, was watched 90 million times in three hours, according to the view counter displayed on Twitter. Um. By 12 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time, the video received more than 90 million views, according to the social media platform known as X. Um, Trump campaign senior advisor Susie Wiles said the interview uh, provided a clear contrast between President Trump engaging in a thoughtful policy discussion about what his uh, second term will look like versus 90-second canned sound bites and platitudes from the debate stage. Fair enough, right? Uh, President Trump won this evening's uh, Republican debate in, uh, in dominating uh, fashion. More people watched President Trump's interview with uh, Tucker Carlson than the rest of the field on the debate stage combined. Wiles said, "One, one. Thing. Didn't we say that that was going to happen? Yes, yes, we that did. was. That like, was wouldn't our, it be funny if? I think is what we said. That was our prediction. Our big beautiful prediction. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a wonderful prediction. <laughs> yeah, they, didn't, they won't turn the cameras around. So. Yeah." They're fake news. Uh, what is clear after the dust settles, none of the other candidates looked ready to take on uh, crooked Joe Biden. Only one leader can uh, truly make America great again, and that's President Donald J. Trump well said. In the interview, Trump called uh, President Joe Biden a Manchurian candidate who was compromised by China. Um, as Breitbart News reported, um, and he uh, and, and he also uh, has the distinction of being uh, the the most incompetent, uh, and I believe both uh, mean uh, he's both incompetent and corrupt. Uh, so I I actually believe he's compromised because China China knows so much about him. Uh, they know where the money comes from. They know where it is, who paid it, and they probably paid it. 
he, in many ways, is a Manchurian candidate. We have a Manchurian candidate, and he's afraid to tell Russia to get out of Cuba. He's afraid to tell China to get out of. Uh, he's afraid to tell China to get out of Cuba. He's afraid. He, China is now building. Think, uh, think of this. China's building military installations in Cuba. The uh, the Cuban population of Miami is not too happy, I tell you, because they're they're never going to be able to go back, and you don't uh, even hear about it. Uh, Trump said, uh, identifying the media as the the worst culprit, because uh, the uh, mainstream media is to blame for a lot of what's going on with people that's uh, not understanding what's really going on with uh, with Biden. Uh, Trump also said that the American people are smart and know the various indictments against him are balagna. That's that's the the version I'm going to go with. Um, he just said a different word, but we're going to go with balagna. <laughs> now, um, obviously, we had this this really cool, nice interview that was on uh, uh, on X from uh, Tucker Carlson with with President Trump. Um, alternatively. Um, you, you could have watched the uh, GOP uh, debates with the the rest of the candidates that are running for president on the on, on that side of the ticket, and uh, there were out of the candidates, uh, you know, there was a very clear winner uh, of of those candidates, and it's, it's Nikki Haley. Mm. If you're watching CNN, that's what you would have heard. You would have heard Nikki Haley was the the the, the very clear pick of the candidates. Uh, that was. Obviously not who uh, who would have stood out. If there was anybody that actually stood out, it would have been uh, a, a young man named Vivek Ramaswamy. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this guy talk, mm-hmm. guys? I've the, seen small clips of him. Um, yeah, yeah. His his parents came over here from from India, um, and uh, the, this guy he's on it, man. He's smart. He's got a silver tongue. Um, he he's America first. He's uh he he was like it was like having a little bit of Trump there without Trump being there. Cause Trump would have probably also took a few digs at, at anybody there. I mean, uh, if he would have looked at Mike Pence, he would have probably called him Judas. Um, but Mike Pence <laughs> called, uh, who was that? The Santos a rookie. <laughs> yeah. We don't need a rookie coming. D Santos. we got Ron D Santos over here. Uh, that's his grades in schools. folks. So that's coming from the guy who came. Oh, Pence. <laughs> <laughs> Pence. Yeah. Yeah. He's Mike Pence can't, 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 can't bump gas. <laughs> He might as well have the smoke alarm uh, beeping going on behind him. Beep. That was that was the greatest thing I'd seen. Him <laughs> calling him a rookie. We don't need a rookie coming here doing this. I'm like, dude, you can't pump gas. <laughs> and all Chris Christie could do was complain about Trump. And I was like, just eat another sandwich, okay? Like you, <laughs> you, you don't belong here. Um, yeah, your debate's over when all you can do is complain about the other person. Yeah, and. Uh, it, but uh, Vivek, he was the only one to uh, call climate change agenda a hoax. Mm-hmm. He was the only one on the whole stage. Um, they all, the, the, all the rest of them said that climate change was was real. They were they were in behind it. And I was uh, they were fully behind on trying to to fight it. And I'm like, fight what? The Earth does what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. God made it that way. <laughs> How arrogant are we if, if we think that we're actually going to affect what God what God has done? Right. Um, so for those votes. Yeah. And uh, so Vivek was like, "Nope, that's that's all a hoax. That's a that's a hoax." He was the only one also to say right away. He was the first one to raise his hand to say that he would pr- uh, pardon President Trump um, if uh, if he were to be convicted of any of these um, crimes, uh, knowing that he was not actually guilty. I think the interesting question too is, <laughs> and they've not answered this yet: If Trump does become president, can he pardon himself? 
Uh, all with the exception of uh, the Georgia case. Yeah. Um, where he coincidentally had his fingerprints and 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 uh, yeah. mugshot, and we'll get we'll get to that that particular story in, in, here in a few. But uh, um, yeah, he he, but but with the other cases, he could potentially because all, all a lot of a lot of these trials will happen probably around March or start around March and probably all drag on through the election. Uh, the election. Um, but all that's going to do is bolster his numbers even more, right? Because it's, it's going to put him in the media even more. So he's, it's. I think it's going to be. A, I think it'll probably be a landslide. But anyway, when he does, when he yeah, does take a free advertising, yeah, he could potentially, um, get put in jail, prison, win the election because there's no laws against him still winning the uh, presidential that's right. election. That's right. Pardon himself. I mean, I, I, the. Uh, co-worker of mine earlier today we was all we both joking like what would happen like secret service is going to be confused what do, how do, what do we do how do we <laughs> well the, the mob boys ran their op- operation out of jail <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like the, the scene in goodfellas where he's just like cutting yeah. his garlic razor thin yeah, yeah. yeah. um <laughs> the trick is cut it razor thin yeah um and i can imagine that trump would be like yeah the, the trick is uh, you cut it razor thin folks okay you just look at this it's razor thin i just learned um, this right here in prison <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh for my my new buddy carlos over here and uh, you know but uh, uh yeah he could he could pardon himself and get out and and uh he'd be the first president to do all first president to ever get a mug shot that's for sure um uh, again we'll get to get to that story in a minute because um uh, there 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 has been uh well does anybody else have anything to add on on the fact that trump had a really good interview with tucker or the uh, debates. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so, as we all know, uh, Maui has been facing some hard times. There was uh, some massive wildfires break out there, and uh, it's actually happening in different places uh, across the globe right now, but this was the biggest uh, devastation that we've seen um, in it's recent surpri- time. kind of surprising, too, because um, I've talked to people before where they've got, a, like, an in-ground pool in their backyard, and all of a sudden, they hear this, and they see this giant bucket going down into their swimming pool to pick <laughs> up water to dump on a fire. And, you know, you can do that, okay? And so what I found interesting is is that there's water everywhere <laughs> around Maui. And I didn't know if they just didn't have the equipment or... It was, it, was a, it was political red tape. Really? The mayor of Maui said... Um, you, you, uh, he told the he told the fire chiefs, "You'll have to ask the farmers first if whether or not you can divert that water." Oh my goodness! And he said in, a, in, a, in an older interview. Now this is not connected, but in an older interview, he said that water was to be revered, not used as a tool. And I'm like, "How about human life? Huh? Yeah. How about human life? Human life is way more important than than a few gallons of water, and we'll get water back. It's it's the earth. It's covered in a, like a lot of it." <laughs> Yeah, it's like seventy percent, I think. Um, so, <laughs> uh, once again, the arrogance—the arrogance of uh, of man knows no bounds. There was one house uh, that actually went untouched, believe it or not. Um, in in the midst of all those fires, this guy actually treated his home, put on a um, uh, tiles for a roof, um, and he treated his enti- his entire lawn was all treated. Everything was treated with this whatever the, whatever he used. Fire retardant, some sort. Yeah. Um, and, but everything, even the trees that was in his backyard, everything burnt all the way around his house, but his house and his driveway, even his, even his automobile, all untouched and fire all the way around. Oh, wow. 
I'd like to know what he did. Right. Um, and and uh, I think BlackRock couldn't be madder because they wanted to be able to buy that land up on on the cheap like they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to sell. Mm-hmm. He knew it was coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, anyway, uh, going into the or, or go, having to do with Maui, our second story tonight coming from the Post Millennial. Names of Maui's one thousand plus missing to be released by FBI later this week. Um, Joe Biden did finally go visit there. Uh, he was booed by many of the the residents there. Really, um, and given the finger by multiple people. Yeah. Wow. Including people that were standing on the stage with him. Really. Yep. Ooh. Um, the total number of people missing in Maui has increased to over one thousand, as a result of fires t- uh, tearing through the the island, with a death count of one hundred fifteen and rising. I'm gonna assume that's gonna go a lot higher. Um, the the names of the missing were, will will be released uh, this week. So this you know, we go as we go into the new week, we'll we'll start seeing some of these names. Uh, the fires to hit Maui were the deadliest blaze of the last century in the United States. Crews have searched everywhere uh, in the destruction to find those that are missing. One in four children are likely missing from school uh, uh, um, as uh, classes resume. Could you imagine going back to school, being a kid, and you know one one or four of your classmates is just not there? Mm. Could you imagine being a parent? Knowing that yours was the one in four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Horrible. FBI investigators have uh, compiled a list of names of missing, uh, uh, of those missing as the uh, total increased to 1,110 and will be release, uh, releasing the names later this week. Investigators are still trying to verify and, and account for all those who went missing during the devastation, according to the Daily Mail. Um they say Uh-oh. it just came, the fire just moved so fast. It was caused by uh, lightning last I heard, Yeah, uh, which sounds uh, that can mm, a little fishy to me. Um, but uh, that might be for another uh, whole other show, actually. Um, but of those that are missing, uh, Hawaii officials do not have any uh, estimate of how many of them are, are presumed to be dead. Only 104 family DNA samples have been gathered in um, order to identify the remains of their family members. The New York Times report Times reports. Uh, Julie French, uh, president of ANDE, the company in charge of the DNA gathering process, said uh, having the DNA of relatives is a critical step in order to make an identification of the victims uh, in the fire. Nearly three quarters of remains that have been tested for DNA thus far have uh, generated uh, searchable DNA results, French added. It has been uh, complex trying to find re- uh, remnants of those missing. As often, uh, the, the remains of those uh, lost have been made into rubble and only chips of bones are found. Mm. Um, President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden arrived on the island on Monday after first uh, making a stop at Lake Tahoe in Nevada. He was greeted with ch- uh, chants and protesting residents telling him that he was too late. Uh, far too late, if, I, if you're asking me. Um, this is nearly two weeks after, right? Uh, President Biden gave a speech in which he compared the devastating fires in Maui to a small kitchen fire that he had one time in his home. His family ha- uh, family was removed from their uh, home for half a year, and he joked, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. All kidding aside, I watch the firefighters the way they, re- the way they respond. There's an old expression, God made men, and then he made fire- uh, a few firefighters. While attending a meeting with Maui survivors, Biden also appeared to fall asleep in the middle of an event. Um, 
He's just just respectful. This man, um, <clears throat> I just don't think he knows where he's at half the time to begin with. But these these uh, these poor folks going through what what devastation they're going through. Um, you know, it interests interests me, Josh, that when the hurricane hit Florida, um, a, approximately three point five million dollars showed up in less than twenty four hours. Do you know where from? Where? Keller Williams cares. And it took FEMA two more days to get any resources there whatsoever. And we had it there in less than 24 hours. You know, we, we haven't seen the... Government bureaucracy. We haven't seen a mess up like this since Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. During the Bush administration. Right. And even then, they, although those, those, they were prob- problematic, there were trailers. Yeah. There were people going and rescue. I mean, there were, there were people going out from FEMA and other entities, Red Cross and all that going out and trying to help. Yeah, the other problem here is that... There was no help in, in Maui. If something happens in Louisiana, Pennsylvania, Indianapolis, wherever it happens to happen, if it's in the continental United States, the other states are connected and right there. You get on the interstate and you go. problem is with Maui, um, hello, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's an island. Yeah. <laughs> it's out in the middle. Hawaii, the state of Hawaii is an island out in the middle of the Pacific. How it, it's impossible to get there. You would have to, you would have to have to, to be able to help those people. You would have to have something very similar to an invasionary force in World War II. You'd have to have the, the boats that, you know, can drop a gate and a tank rolls off. You know, you have to have something, something like that before you can help them. You, you know, there was another uh, absolutely awful uh, misstep by um, the local government there. Mm-hmm. They have a siren system. Now that siren system is supposed to be used to ke- tell people to get away from the water. Um, tsunami. Tsunami. Oh, right. Yeah. Now, follow me on this, and I and I think that this probably stands true. They said they didn't want to put uh, put out the siren because they didn't want people to run towards the flame. Well, dude, I, <laughs> but my phone. <laughs> It goes off all the time for yeah. like like amber alerts, right? And why couldn't they have done something like that? And everybody sure. standing near has that, so why can't you do like an amber alert and say, "Hey, fire imminent, coming, move, get out of here." But not only that, but if the speaker system can make a siren, certainly you can just change it to voice. Get on there, PA, yeah. PA, and say, "Run to the water." Yeah, run now. Now. Find cover. Fire is is burning up the island. Get to I mean, and they had minutes. They yeah. just had minutes, but those those minutes were very critical. And they and someone could have gotten onto that speaker system. Yep. I, I'm a firm believer in that. Now I I don't know. Or fly but a I helicopter assume. over with a loudspeaker. Yeah, because we have yeah. the sirens go off here. What uh, every Friday at eleven o'clock. You right? know, it's interesting, Josh. How, how I know that's a speaker system. But yeah, here's here's something too that 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 I found interesting when I was living in Aurora, Illinois. There was this um, air raid siren, okay, that was across the street. And it was a big horn that would turn 360 degrees. I didn't realize how big that horn was because it looked like a giant, like, 55-gallon drum. Mm-hmm. But then it had another circle on the inside of it until workers were working on it. And there was a guy standing up on the rim, and his head did not hit the inner circle. So that the, the distance between the two circles was at least eight feet. Okay. Wow. And that's how big this sucker was. This sucker is probably every bit of 30 feet across. Okay. And this thing would just turn. Well, <laughs> I lived across the street from this thing. 
And every Friday at 11 o'clock, it would literally rattle the windows. <laughs> okay. But I'm an old Boy Scouter. So, you know, when the siren goes off and means take cover, you hear a very long like that. Okay. But there is it, one of the things that I would learn as a Boy Scout is if it's Friday and it's 11 o'clock and you hear that, it still means take cover. Because if we were under attack, when would be the best time to attack? Friday at 11. Yeah. Okay. So what they would do is behind that, they would do what's called the all clear. And the all clear is, like that. Yeah. So uh, you wouldn't hear, you wouldn't hear the, you wouldn't hear the all clear. So, so I, I, I called, okay. I called, I called the local civil defense office and I said, Hey, I got a question for you. They go, what's that? And I said, I, I live across the street. Yes, yeah. Journey. Yes, Journey. Yeah. I live across the street from an air raid siren, and I hear it give the take cover signal, but I never hear the all clear. And they go, oh, I was so sorry I said that because the next Friday I had double the blast because I had the, <laughs> the take cover blast, and then the all clear blast comes on. And I'm like, I shouldn't have said a word. But, but my point is this, is that sometimes we get lackadaisical about these warnings. And even if that had happened, I can see people thinking like, what the heck? What's going on? They're not even paying attention to it. Yeah. So I can I can I can see that, but but yeah, I think a little more due diligence about getting the warnings out. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps, but it's what happens next that I think is really the important part. You know, how are we going to get resources to a land that's our land that's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? I mean, do you know how many t- how many hours it takes to fly to Hawaii? <laughs> a long time. It's a long time. I know that. Well, you know, well you know, Biden didn't know it was our land. <laughs> no. <laughs> he he didn't, didn't know it was part of the United States. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> either here or there. <laughs> um, so, um, like, to go to the Philippines, it's 16 to 32 hours of travel time. Yeah, I think it's a, I think my buddy told me it's a 20-hour flight. Yeah. And he boards, like, Three different planes to get there. Yeah, yeah. So one of the one of the trips I looked at is I would fly from Indianapolis to New York, Laguardia, or New Jersey, Peterborough. Then I would fly to Japan or Korea, mm-hmm. and then to Manila. Yep. So I'd be oh. going this way, this way, this way. <laughs> <laughs> so so Hawaii is not really a whole lot different. I mean, it's it's at least. A four or five hour flight. How much can you get on an airplane? How many resources can you get on an airplane? You can, I mean, they've got some big airplanes. Cargo. You can land some stuff in there, but that's that's what, have to have, with those big planes. They still have to have a place to land them too. Yeah, yeah, and so that tells me that there's you've only got so many resources, and boy, that's all you got. That's all you got. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert in that, but it's. It's like I like you say. It's what happens next. I th- I think what really, if if I were president of the United States, <laughs> <laughs> I think what I would have done is I would have just done something very very similar to an invasionary force. You know, I would have had the Navy out there, the Air Force, the Marines. You're going to do a landing, basically, and you're going to hit the beach 
as if there was an enemy there, and you're going to go help those people. Yeah. And, you know, what a great way to do an exercise and practice and, you know, land all these vehicles, land, land resources, land water, you know, you know, crates and crates of water, whatever else they need. You a know? great way for the branches to work together. Yeah. 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 I would have, I would have called, I would have called in, you know, the Air Force, Navy, Marines and Coast Guard, you know, call them all in, you know, and hospital ships. There should be hospital ships stationed right off of, I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly the geography, but Pearl Harbor is not that far away. And I would think that, you know, that there's a... Yeah, well, our, our largest uh, counter-terrorist unit for our military yeah. is in Hawaii. See? Well, there you go. So I would have called in all those resources, and that's what I don't understand. Why did that not happen? Why Or why isn't that happening? I mean, we called in the National Guard for Hurricane Karina, right? Yeah. I mean, let's call in the National Guard, and so let's, do it. let's do an invasionary force and invade Maui the help of the people that are there. Yeah. And instead of carrying guns, we carry bandages, whatever. We need to do something. Absolutely. We need to do something. And, and uh, one, once again, you're, you're seeing how Biden just oops keeps dropping the My ball. Bad. Is Hawaii in the United States? I kind of feel like there's a secondary know. objective. I don't, I don't there's always there. a secondary objective. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, that there is there is a whole other show for it, but that, I believe that there were nefarious. I believe there were nefarious things at play that, to to have caused that storm. I, I, personally, this is my this is my this is getting into the conspiracy theory. If you want to, if you want to call it that, <laughs> I think that there were there were things at play that caused that storm to happen, that caused those wildfires, so that land could be bought on the cheap. Because there, there's a there's video of, of a lot of high power people, uh, particularly in the in BlackRock and, and other associated companies, who said that they wanted to make Maui the first completely autonomous island ran by AI. Oh, that's amazing. So you know, 2019. How long ago was that? Not long ago. <laughs> Not long enough ago for them to have been able to bury it, and so now these videos are out there. Are they calling it Skynet or something? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so. That's that's what leads in their bot and BlackRock is currently going through and buying up a lot of this land on the cheap and associated companies, so that's what leads me to believe that there had to have been something associated with that. Hmm. It's just way too coincidental, right in your face. Convenient. Um, what was it? And uh, and that uh, the the best way to hide something is uh, is right underneath their nose. In plain sight. Yeah. Plain sight. That's right. And what does every government say? Take every opportunity to take advantage of a crisis. Yep, yep, they sure do. Be curious about that guy's house. Wasn't touched if he was a, a believer or not. I don't know, but I, I'm going to guess he was. Be pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to find out. I'll have to find out. That'd be that'd be really great to find out. Um, um, things that we won't find out for a while is what what's going to happen uh, with the the current president or the the former president of the United States. Uh, hopefully, the next president of the United States. Coming from the New York, New York Post this week, Trump surrenders in Georgia election case, his fourth booking of 2023. Hmm. Have you ever you've never seen indictments on on, on, a, on a president before? Um, Atlanta. It could have been Nixon. Could have been, but he was <laughs> forgiven pretty quick. Uh, well, he, he cried on tele, national television. So, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, another day, another surrender. Former President Donald Trump was booked at Fult the Fulton County Jail uh, Thursday evening on charges of unlawfully trying to overturn Georgia's 2020 election results. 
Trump, 77, spent approximately 20 minutes at the correctional facility where he was processed uh, and his mugshot was taken, uh, making him the first former commander-in-chief to receive uh, such an uh, indignity. The 45th president was uh, then whisked back to Hartsfield uh, Jackson International Airport, Airport, where he addressed reporters on the tarmac. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. Uh, what they're doing is election interfer- uh, interference and trying to interfere with an election. Uh, there's never been anything uh, like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. We did nothing wrong at all. And we, uh, and we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest and we think is very dishonest. Now, Trump uh, then took off uh, uh, for Newark Liberty International Airport after spending approximately 90 minutes in the battleground state. Hours after Trump flew uh, down to Georgia from his uh, Bedminster, New Jersey golf club, his supporters and uh, opponents began gathering outside the facility northwest to downtown Atlanta, hoping to catch a glimpse of the quadruple indicted real estate mogul. Trump has shown his uh, criminality, said Nadine uh, Sailor, 58, of Waldorf, um, Maryland, uh, who uh, wore a tiara proclaiming proclaiming membership of the Fannie Willis Fan Club, a reference to Fulton County's district attorney. Um, He doesn't pay his vendors. He doesn't pay his lawyers, Sailor went on. Uh, He has been trying to steal the votes. Of, of black and brown people, so I am offended by that. I feel it. Uh, I feel it necessary to show up here and let these people who are uh, being brainwashed know that uh, Trump is a criminal. We have uh, we have seen it. We have heard it. However, supporters of the 45th president far outnumbered his critics uh, outside the jail. I think these indictments are a witch hunt, a political opposition to try to silence your political opponent and make the other side think that he is criminal," said uh, Marsha, a 60-year-old real estate investor. Uh, from Moretta, Georgia, who arrived with uh, a friend at 7.30, and I want to show him that his base is still here, we're loyal, and I'm going to support him through this, through all of this. Um, Trump and 18 others were uh, indicted August 14th on charges including violating the Peach State's anti-racketeering law. Uh, Thursday marked the fourth time this year the 40, that the 45th president uh, has been required to surrender a face surrendered to face criminal charges, but the Atlanta jail was uh, first to take Trump's mugshot. Uh, Trump has also been indicted for allegedly uh, hoarding national security information at Marl. Uh, this is called the Boxes hoax. He calls it the Boxes hoax. Uh, information at the Mar-a-Lago estate, attempting to overturn his uh, 2020 loss to uh, Joe Biden uh, on federal on a federal level and uh, falsifying business records to conceal hush money payments uh, to adult star uh, Stormy Daniels. Um, unlike on earlier occasions uh, in Manhattan, Miami, and Washington, Trump did not make an, an initial uh, court appearance Thursday night. Um, he didn't need to be there. Um, it was pretty much it was going to go the way it was going to go, regardless. Um, I was I was happy to see that the judge didn't throw out the uh, the bond because mm-hmm. that could have happened. As uh, soon as Trump landed, the judge could have uh, said, uh, "We're going to throw out the bond, lay down the gavel," and he would have had to actually go to jail right then. Um, without conviction, and then this trial would have had to wait until whenever well, it's set for. Well, that would have been unprecedented too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we let murderers out on bond, I mean, yeah. And uh, 
it, if you if you don't think that this is politically motivated, I'm going to tell you right now, you're about to find out you're very wrong. You're about to find out you're very, very wrong. And I'll tell you why. Um, the The House Oversight Committee ran ran by Representative Jim Jordan. Um, he, we love him over, over there. He's, he's, he's a superstar in Washington uh, for, for the conservative movement. Um, but he is heading up this uh, uh, oversight committee. They're, they're actually uh, requiring this DA uh, in Georgia to turn over all documents showing and, and during the entirety of her career, anytime she's ever mentioned Donald Trump, just mentioned him. So that means that they're going to find out whether or not she really does uh, just do her job, or if this is her disdain for him, which is pretty noticeable when you see her on camera. Um, there's there there's a disdain for crimes as a DA, and then there's a disdain for an individual, and obviously her Trump derangement syndrome goes pretty deep, and they're going to find that, and they're going to be able to ex- exploit it pretty easily. And uh, I'm just I'm just going to say that real quick that. Uh, you're going to find out that if you if you don't think it's politically motivated, you're going to find out you're wrong very very quickly. And uh, if you if you uh, have anything to say about that, leave it in the comments. Comment comment because we want to hear your view on this. Um, we want to see what what you think about uh, these indictments. Uh, I, I tell you what, I think that mugshot was pretty cool. Honestly, I think I think it makes him look tough. Yeah, like an outlaw. No, I don't think it made him look like an outlaw. I think it I mean, made him look very, in a good way. De- very determined. I think, I think in a good way, like like a Jesse James or, a, you know. It reminded me of looking at a bald eagle. <laughs> you know, they, they yeah. kind of have that eyebrow thing that kind of makes him look real intense. Yeah. He looked like he looked like the American bald eagle right there. Was like, I was just thinking, you know, of all those, uh, you know, those folk heroes that we had in our, uh, in, in American history that, that were, you know, seen as outlaws, but they were actually good guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, they would be on wanted posters all across the country, but they actually we, we had. If we look back on it, actually, you know, actual history, we we'll look back on it and find out that they're actually the good guys fighting the good fight. And I think that's exactly what's happening with um, former President Donald Trump. Yeah. Lincoln was in trouble legally too when he was president, so we can maybe look at our history and yeah. see that there were other people. See, so know that we're not doomed to repeat it. Right. Hopefully, <laughs> right. Right. or make it even worse now because there's, there's never been a, a president put in jail. Uh, anything else to add on, on this? I think Journey wants to add something, but I can't figure out what it is. <laughs> yeah, she's just uh, she's been been part of the part of the pod today. She's been uh, actively. Uh, Helping everybody feel feel better. She's coming over and getting getting the getting yeah. love. I think you should put a cordless <laughs> mic on her. <laughs> oh Lord! All the people would hear was heavy breathing from a dog. <laughs> what it worries me about the whole thing is is once again I think it's it's just all cover for something else that they're trying to hide behind the scenes. Oh, sure. So they're just f- forcing that into the news, into the media, into everybody's face when we're missing out on what's more important behind all of it. So. Well, it it could be that because they're, they're trying to hide everything that Biden's doing. Right, because Biden is actually the one that's guilty of all the things that they're saying that Trump is doing. Exactly, Journey. That's right. Well, the other thing, the other thing too is, <laughs> is like when you think of an illusion, uh, an illusionist. Okay, 
and sleight of hand. They're getting your attention to look at something else they want you to see so they can get away with something that you're not looking at. Mm-hmm. Which is what currently, well, the other thing that's currently happening is that it could be them buying up all that land in Maui. Yeah. I, I, I think that people are not paying attention to that now because they're like, well, you know, well, yes, yes, the former president went to jail and that is unprecedented. Uh, he'll be fine. Um, I, I fully believe that he'll be our next president. But those people that are buying up that land right now, uh, they're gonna they're gonna go try to move forward with this this awful thing called a twenty thirty agenda. Uh, if you don't believe me, you can look it up. You think I'm uh, being Alex Jones uh, right now, but uh, I'm telling you right now, that's where this is going. Tell us what a twenty thirty agenda is. It, it, we we don't we only have less than four minutes here to really talk about it, so it it, it take a while. But uh, you know, you, you if if you don't don't believe me, you can you can uh, use your favorite search engine and look look at it for yourself. Okay. Um, we'll look at the World Economic Forum, look at Klaus Schwab, um, George Soros. Um, let's see here, where else? Uh, I mean, a lot of people will call it the deep state, but there's 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 more layers to this than there is anything else. I agree with that. Um. And this 2030 agenda has been planned by the World Economic Forum for a very long time. As a matter of fact, they had a video come out um, uh, as early as 2010, I think it was. They said that uh, you will own nothing and be happy. Mm. You will eat bugs and be happy. happy. Isn't that something? You know, and and, uh, they they have been... Grasshoppers, yeah. Yeah. So um, there'll be no more actual meat. To purchase, like you can't, you can't purchase actual meat. It's all, it's all going to be manufactured. It's already happening. As a, as a fellow named Bill Gates, I'm pretty sure you've heard that name before somewhere. Yeah, usually uh-huh. associated with computers. Um, and this man owns uh, almost seventy percent of all farmland in the United States, and they're manufacturing meat. Oh yeah, in, in a lab. I've seen that. And chicken, chicken so far. Currently, the FDA requires lab-grown meat label to be put on lab-grown meat. But that'll change. Once they start uh, uh, deciding that... That's Sounds no like Soylent Green. <laughs> yeah. Remember that old movie? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another thing for you guys to look up. <laughs> if you haven't... Uh, Soylent yeah. Green. Charlton Heston was in that movie. Yeah. Um, and Ernest Borgnine. But uh, they, they've been planning... And when I say they, I see... I mean World Economic Forum. They're they're a big portion of that, um, and it's like Klaus Schwab, the head of that, his his uh, his his son and his daughter, uh, even if even if you were to get like let's say that Klaus Schwab were to die tomorrow, his his son and daughter will pick up that that scepter tomorrow and they'll run with it. They know the agenda; they're all behind it, um, and that 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 will just keep going. This is the largest satanic cult in the world. The World Economic Forum is. Uh, they, and they can call me a liar. They can call me what they will. They can call me a conspiracy theorist. But this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. This actually exists out there, and we need to put God back on the move, like you said. Mm-hmm. We need to see him move. We need to, we we need to uh, have more shows like this. More more things out there, uh, encouraging people that they can come. They can come to Christ. That they can they can find their peace in God. That they can move forward with their life and not have to worry about these evil evil people. God's going to get his vengeance on them. The Jesus revolution is coming. It's going to be the largest Jesus revolution. I'm telling you right now, today, the Jesus revolution is coming. It's going to be the biggest Jesus revolution this world has ever had. It's biblical. It's going to happen. We're on our way to it. You know something else, Josh, that just occurred to me. It is one thing to be, what I want to say, reactive to something that happens to you, and you 
put your faith in God and you see him move. It's something else when you're the active one and you've trained yourself to see God move because you've put something out there. You've gone after that dream, the cessna of hell without divine intervention. But what it occurred to me is that trains, if you keep doing that, that trains you to battle for right when adversity comes. You're already a trained army instead of a, a people that are asleep. Like what was it that <clears throat> Admiral Yamamoto said right after the attack on Pearl Harbor? I fear that we have awakened a sleeping giant. Yeah, to put it in football terms, uh, we're, we're, we get to be God's offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so we need to be not on the on the defensive. We're not, we're not even really on the defensive. We're asleep. The church is asleep. They don't see God move. I mean, we like I say, we do our thing. We, we go to church. We tithe our tithes and offerings, you know. The devil wants you in church every Sunday. <laughs> he really does. And doing nothing. That's what he wants you to do. He yeah. wants you to be in church, feel like you're okay, and doing nothing. Lukewarm. Okay. Yeah, lukewarm. And so, um, so when you get out there and you start challenging or whatever God calls you to do, because I believe that if your heart is still beating and you're still alive and you're still drawing a breath, God has a plan for you as an individual. Now, that may include taking part with other people or maybe just a solo person or like me, a starfish thrower. I just pick up one starfish and throw it back in. I'm by myself. Okay, fine. Um, but whatever it is that God calls you to do, because I believe God has a calling for everyone. And like I say, our life is so short. Our life is just a, just a vapor, man. I don't know if I'm going to walk out of here and walk into eternity or not, you know. But the bottom line is, is that until that time comes, until, until that angel comes and grabs my hand and says, let's go, then I'm going to do everything I can to bring as many people with me as I can. And so I think that's what we need to be after. We need to be uh, a, a God's army that is out there conquering to win territory for the kingdom. It kind of goes back to Moody, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know the story of Moody, the three preachers that went to him. You know that story? Uh, uh-uh, tell me. So uh, I, 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 I might mess this up. So if if I misquote, you can go ahead and comment because I, I, I'm okay to be admonished on this one because I don't, I don't have it memorized. <laughs> but you, you know of, of Moody. He was a yeah. pastor. He won yeah, lots yeah. of souls, lots of souls to the Lord. And um, these three pastors, they came to them because they're like, like we're we're not we're just not we're not winning souls like you are. What what's the secret? He says there is no secret. He says I'll tell you what. Look out that window. There's they're they're on like the third floor of this building. Look out that window and tell me what you see. And I say, oh, you know, the first preacher he looks out there and he says, oh, I see, uh, you know, people on their way to and from. Yeah. And the second preacher looks out there and he says, oh yeah, I see I see some uh, some pigeons out there and. Uh, the wind blowing. And uh, I can't remember quite what the third preacher says, but they all, they all say something different uh, as to what they see out there. Oh, he says, uh, oh, I see, I see the sidewalk and I see, you know, the buildings around. And uh, Moody says, oh, well, when I look out there, I see lost souls. Mm-hmm. I see people that I need to lead to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no secret. Just it's just tell everybody you up. can. Wake up. Wake up. Get on that offensive line. Wake up. And, you know, uh, one of the things is, you know, whether, you know, I'm not going to argue the point. Are we talking about something that's silly, doesn't exist, or does exist? It really is out there. That's not the point. The point is, is are we ready? Are 
are are we when the Bible says put on the full armor of God? It, there's some offensive weapons involved there too, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know the sword, the you know the the breastplate of righteousness. One of the things that's interesting about Israeli armor, which is what it's being described there, is there is one piece of armor that's missing from the Israeli armor that the other countries have a piece of this armor. You know what it is? No, a backplate. Hmm. There is no backplate in Israeli army because there is no retreat. There's only conquer. Hmm. So any other soldier that's retreating and turns and runs, he has a backplate, but not an Israeli soldier. Not God's soldier. Not, not God's God's people. Heaven or bust. Right? Yep. Wow. There is no backplate. I think that's a good place to, to close us out unless you gentlemen got anything else to add. I just want to know if Biden thinks Alaska is part of. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that too. I was thinking that too. See, you know, you know. Okay, I, I, I see way too much. Okay, I, I just went and watched the movie Oppenheimer. Okay, um, and there's a scene in there where the people are so happy and they're waving American flags, and I leaned over to the person that was watching the movie with me. And I said, I see way too much in movies. And they go, What do you see? And I said, Fifty stars. <laughs> 50 stars on the flag and she goes that's right there were only 48 states back when that bomb blew up and i go exactly and she goes how do you know i said because of the pattern of the stars on the in the field yeah it's very you know, distinct they, they were waving 50 star flags and i'm <laughs> like okay i see way too much but yeah really i i have to wonder does 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 he well you know that's that's how uh you know those uh brain issues work they 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 stop you from being able to remember a uh, short term and then uh long term still there so he probably he remembers when they were still 48 <laughs> perhaps he's old enough yeah perhaps uh, i wonder if he ever had dinner dinner with the senator from hawaii because <laughs> he was a senator at one point yeah yeah so i wonder if he ever had a dinner with the senator from hawaii <laughs> he probably fell asleep <laughs> oh yeah Orano, probably probably yeah i don't know Probably couldn't sit at the table long enough with her. She's a boring gal. Anyhow. <laughs> um, All right. You wanted to close this out. Yes. Uh, so go ahead and, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, give us a closing prayer. All right. Lord, thank you for this time together, Father. Thank you for the insights that we have gleaned and gotten. Uh, Father, I just thank you for Josh's steadfastness and looking up all this stuff and staying on top of this so the rest of us can know. Uh, Father, thank you for these men that are here today and Lord, I just thank you for all the viewers that are watching. And Father, let us uh, leave this with our minds open, but yet pondering and digging deeper for the facts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Because God doesn't stop at the church doors on Sunday. He's out He's out there on the move, right? Really? <laughs> wow, I never thought about that. Yeah. You mean you can worship on Monday? <laughs> and cool. Tuesday and Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, my. Even Thursday. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and, well, we're right here on a Friday. Now, people be watching this probably Saturday, Sunday. It could be any day of the week. You know, there you but, go. There you go. But, uh, or, or listening. Yeah, but, 8, uh, 8 a.m. tomorrow you'll be watching this. <laughs> uh, or today for you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> or depending on if you're in the Philippines. Could be 8, eight o'clock. Uh, you know, that was Mr. Richard Greenfield. Oh. <laughs> he brought the message this week. You're not going to put his name back on the screen, I take it? No, you don't have to. He only yeah. gets it once, twice. <laughs> I got my 15 minutes of fame. You did. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, there yeah. it is. Yeah. Fancy. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for bringing that wonderful, wonderful message. No worries. Um, anytime we get to hear about the Lord, 
uh, and and next to him, uh, or not, uh, we have my younger brother, much younger brother, so young, James. It's so young. He's Moore. the baby. Can you tell? Yeah, <laughs> baby face. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, across from him, we have the perfect producer, uh, Sterling Sterling Metcalf Allen. Sterling Silver is me. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Josh. Thanks for being here, sir. Uh, I want to thank you, gentlemen, again, uh, just just for being here. Uh, this means a lot. This is this is something that, like I said, episode seventy five. This is uh, monumental. Uh, a lot of podcasts don't make it this far. Seventy fifth. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just wonderful to have uh, people here and engaged and talking about the Lord and talking about uh, how those values that we've learned from the good uh, sixty six books of truth and took them out into all aspects of our life. And with that. I've been your host, Joshua Cummins. We'll see you next time. Later, Gators.